This ministry has been made available by Kenneth Higgins Rama Bible Training Center, Nigeria. So we are, we are in Hebrews chapter 6. And we're talking about the fact that tithing predates the law. So when the law came, it was regulated by the law. Now, are we under the law now? We're not. Should we tithe in the new covenant? I believe so. Now, I won't split hairs with anybody over tithing. If anybody says, no, I won't tithe, I don't want to tithe, I won't fight with you over it. But I can see it from God's word. I can see it from God's word. I'm convinced from God's word. And why am I convinced? It's right here. The Bible says not to be slothful, but to be followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. In reading Galatians chapter 3, actually the entire book of Galatians and also Romans, we see how um, God dealt with Abraham. We see how we are the children of Abraham. Amen. By faith in Christ Jesus. We see how we are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. How God's word tells us to follow in the steps of his faith. That was one of the things he did in faith. So in just being one of Abraham's kids, I tithe. That's the basis on which I tithe. That's the basis on which I tithe. Now, if God now said under the law that the people who tithe, he will rebuke the devourer for their sake and that he will open to them the floodgates of heaven, the windows of heaven and pour them out a blessing that they do not have enough room to receive, that they be called of all nations blessed, that he will make them a delightsome land. Now, if under the law they could have that blessing, I won't have less under grace. I won't have less under grace. I won't have less under grace. So I tithe. Now, the tithe is meant to help the local church to function well. Do you know something? If every believer tithed faithfully, local churches will have more than enough money to pay their pastors salaries, to pay the pastoral team, to pay the ministers, to take care of the church, to do evangelism, to reach the community, the local church will have more than enough money to meet all its obligations if everybody just tithed faithfully. So, the tithe, like I said, belongs to the local church. Now, should you give offerings? Local churches also can also partner with worthy ministries. Like supposing, as a church, you want to partner with Rhema. God won't be angry. Neither will be. I hear this thing. That's okay. But you see, God is strong about the local church. God is very strong about the local church. Amen. So, your tithe goes there. And now, many people tithe, but they don't do it with understanding. And, and so, they've never gotten anything tangible out of it. They've never seen any substantial anything in their life. As a result, there was one man, he worked for Humble Oil Company in Texas. He had been a Christian for 13 years. He had tithed 13 years. And then he told his pastor, he said, in 13 years of tithing, if I've ever got anything out of it, I don't know. He said, I just got out of a slavish duty. I was told that I ought to tithe. So I've just been tithing because they said I ought to. You see, we shouldn't tithe because they said we ought to. We shouldn't tithe because we're afraid of the devourer. We shouldn't tithe because they put us on a guilt trip if we don't. We should tithe in faith. We should tithe in love. 
We should tithe out of honor for God. Are you listening? And we should mix faith with it. So his pastor taught from God's word about it. And then he told him, he said, the next time, when you take your tithe envelope and put that money there, speak God's word over it. Speak God's word over it. What do I do? I tell you what I do. I tell God, Father, you said in your word that I should bring my tithes into your storehouse. And you said I should prove you herewith. And so this is what I say. I say, thank you, Father, because the devourer is rebuked for my sake. Thank you because the windows of heaven are opened unto me. Thank you because you pour me out a blessing that I don't have enough room to receive. Thank you because I'm called of all nations blessed. Thank you because I am a delightsome land. That's what I say. I speak it in the light of the finished work of redemption. In the light of who I am in Christ today. Colossians 1.13 says, God the Father has delivered us and he has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. That's what God's word says. Now, when he talked about rebuking the devourer and pouring them out a blessing, basically two things. You see, these guys were farmers. They farmed. So when they farmed, they needed rain to come on their crops. And they didn't need weevils and um, pests to eat their crops. So what God was really saying is that, look, when you tithe, I will bless the work of your hands. And I will protect your increase. I will cause you to have increase and I will protect it also. So the equivalent of that, let's say you're a businessman. Amen. You have favors in your businesses. Make the right contacts. You won't be pray for armed robbers or kidnappers. Amen. God will protect your increase. Amen. I claim it. It works for me. If you want to split hairs over tithing, if you want to go into debates about it, bless your heart. The servant of the Lord must not strive. I won't get in an argument with you over it. Are you listening? But I can see clearly from God's word that I can tithe in faith. And that's how I do it. Have I been blessed for it? Yes, I have been. Am I blessed for it? I continue to be. And you'll be blessed too. Amen. Does that make sense? Praise God. If they could be blessed for doing it, I won't be cursed for doing it. Praise God. Now, like I said, don't do it legalistically. It work. Don't do it like we're still under the old covenant. We're not under the covenant. Do it with New Testament, with a New Testament perspective. And it's just income for the local church so that the local church can keep its doors open and continue to evangelize and continue to uh, do what it does. Simple. Amen. And will God bless us for it? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, tithes and also offerings. The offering is beyond... It. After the tithe, then we should also give... Are you listening? And we should give generously also. Amen. Now, the church ministers to that place, that assembly. You know. Those, uh, uh, the Nepal bill needs to be paid. The building needs to be maintained. A whole lot needs to keep going on so that God's people can keep coming and getting fed. You know, some people who don't give, you don't give to the local church. Some other people give and you go to partake of the blessing. You have been a sucker. You shouldn't be a sucker. You should be a sower. If everybody in your church gave like you did, will there still be a church? Will there still be a church? Yeah. Will there still be a church? Will the doors of the church be able to stay open? Praise God. So we should 
be generous towards God. We shall tithe, we shall give offerings, and we shall give offerings generously. Pastor Higgins said something. He said many years ago, the Lord told him this, that if you want a harvest on every wave, he said, make sure you give on every wave. He said he doesn't, he never lets the offering bucket pass him without him putting something inside. He never lets it pass him without him putting something inside. That he will always do that. And I think that's not a bad habit. I think it's a good one. Amen. Praise God. And you see, it's in, one of the things about the tithe is that it's a percentage thing. It's not about amount. You know, the widow gave two mites, but Jesus said she gave more than everybody else. Why? She gave all she had. The others gave out of their generosity. She gave out of her lack, and she gave everything. Jesus commended her giving. So it's really a matter of a proportion of what we have. Amen. Praise God. So the Bible teaches tithing. The Bible teaches giving. The Bible teaches offerings. Let's go to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. You know, I like to start from here. Start from the epistles. If I went to Luke 6.38, somebody will come and say, Luke 6.38 is talking about forgiving people. And it's talking about, um, you know, not judging people. Okay, what about here? Is this one talking about that too? At least this is plain. This is black and white. This is the context of 2 Corinthians 8, 2 Corinthians 9 is material and financial stuff. This is talking about money. Now, starting from verse 6, he says, But I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall sow bountifully. Every man, verse 7, according as he proposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. It says, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound unto every good work. As it is written, He has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness remaineth forever. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food, and multiply your seed sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness. I've heard people say, look, you're telling me to give so I can receive. What do you mean? God has already blessed me with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Well, apparently Paul didn't know that, right? <laughs> Even though you learned that from him. You see, don't take a truth and make it the truth. Don't take one part of God's word and run with it to the exclusion of the rest of God's word. Let's take the whole package. I'm just as strong on grace as it gets. Are you listening? Because it's in the Bible. But you see, there's also faith in the Bible. There's also walking in love in the Bible. Do you understand? Don't let's take one thing, let's take one truth to the exclusion of other truths. Is this also in the Bible? It is. When you sow, will you reap? You will. You will. You will. Don't let the devil keep you poor. Don't let the devil get you poor. Potentially in Christ, we are rich. Material and financial prosperity is ours legally. But something can be yours legally and you never experience it vitally. If you are going to take advantage of what belongs to us, 
if we're going to appropriate what belongs to us, then we need to come in line with the principles of God's word. We looked at one side of those principles yesterday. The place of exercising our authority. The place of using our faith to claim what we need. And telling the devil to take his hands off of it. Now we're looking at the other side. Today. Is there a place of giving? There is. Is there a place for tithing? There is. Tithing faithfully. And like I said, tithe with understanding. Tithe with revelation. And when you tithe, mix your faith with it. When you go to church, take out that tithe and tell God, Father, this is my tithe. I'm paying it. I'm bringing it into your storehouse. I'm bringing it into your house, to my local church, so that the doors of that church can stay open. And so that that church can continue reaching the lost and continue to feed and teach believers. Because that's the of the local church. And I'm going to do that. Thank you because as I do this, I'm blessed materially as a result. Thank you, Father, because the devourer is rebuked for my sake. Thank you because you opened to me the floodgates of heaven. You pour me out blessings that I don't have enough room to receive. Thank you because I may delight some land. You see, release your faith and expect it. Expect the increase. Expect the harvest. Are you listening? Release your faith. Now, if you are tithing just because you want to get, then you are tithing for the wrong reason. We should tithe because we want the local church to keep its doors open and so that the lost can continue to be reached. Saints can continue to be fed. The work of God can continue to go on. That should be why we do it. But also, we should also mix faith with it. We're honoring God with that money. Amen. We're giving it towards his work. We won't be cursed for honoring God. The Bible says that godliness is profitable unto all things. Having promise of the life that now is. And of that which is to come. Yes, we're going to be blessed in the sweet by and by. For obeying God. But we'll also be blessed in the now and now. Amen. It's in the Bible. It's scriptural. It's scriptural. Now, there's nothing we have that we haven't received. So even what we are giving, we, we receive. And because we receive from God, we're able to give. That's true. And when we give, we also activate a law. That causes us to continue receiving. But what we first even gave, he gave it to us. Because the Bible says it's God who gives seed to the sower. He's the one who gives bread to the eater. He's the one who multiplies the seeds that we sow. And he's the one who increases our ability to be generous. And then you know the thing is this. If you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. Some people's financial situation is not going to change until they get more generous. And you see, don't let it just be a one-off emotional no, no, no. I'm talking about a systematic, consistent lifestyle of being generous. Being generous towards God. Amen. You know, the Bible says, Who so shared his brother have need and shuddered up his bowels of compassion? How dwelleth the love of God in him? Do you see that? Now, you don't need to be led hmm, to give to somebody who is generally in need. Now, there are con men. Are you listening? Then let me also tell you another thing. You are not Jehovah. Jairi, and you're not El Shaddai. You won't be able to meet everybody's need. You won't be able to help everybody. You won't be able to. You're not God. I play God. You, and don't let some people put you on a guilt trip that they're asking you, 
You know, you know, there are people who are con men. There are people that can come and then they have a need and they just sit beside you. Size you up. You know, okay, this looks like a person of some means. And I say, oh God, you know I need a shoe. You know this shoe that I'm wearing, you know it's a bad shoe. Well, I'm not wearing a bad shoe. So don't look at my shoe. I'm just giving an example. You know. Now, that's, 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 that's not having integrity. That's not having integrity. Are you listening? No, that's putting pressure on people. If someone is trying to put pressure on you like that, you don't have to buckle. You don't have to be moved. Are you listening? Don't let anybody put you on a guilt trip because you couldn't fix their issue. You won't be able to fix everybody's issue. You have your family. The Bible says he that doesn't provide for his own, especially those of his own house. He has denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. I don't expect you paying everybody's school fees and you haven't paid your children's school fees. That's not being responsible. No, I'm not talking about an extreme. But I'm saying there's sometimes you don't need to have a leading. You know that guy is genuinely in need and you're able to help in some way. Go ahead. You know the Bible says in Proverbs 11.25 that the liberal soul, there is that scattered yet increased. There is that withholded more than his meat and intended to poverty. The Bible says the liberal soul shall be made fat. You see, the giving hand is always on top. You see, God, our Father, Amen, is a giver. We have his nature. For God so loved the world, he gave. We are children of God. We have his nature. We are givers. We are givers. The Bible says in Acts 20, 35, that it is more blessed to give than to receive. Amen. You know, Paul talked about those of the household of Stephanas who have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. You know, you can be an addicted giver. And you know something? If you're addicted to giving, God will support your habit. Heard McCankin say that. Thought about it. It's so true. If you are addicted to giving, God will support your habit. He will keep giving more into your hands so that you can give more. You see, the truth is this. We can't outgive God. You see, the way out of lack, you have to give your way out of it. Are you listening to me? You have to give your way out of it. Did you hear that? You have to give your way out of it. But notice where we, where we started from. Don't just take this out of its context. Remember we talked about the purpose of prosperity. That we shouldn't give just because we want to get. We give with the right heart. We give because we love. We give out of worship to God. We want to see his work, you know, expand. We want to see the loss continue to be reached. Our motives should be right. So everything being equal. How do you get out of lack? You give yourself out. You give your way out of lack. And, you know, you can start from where you are. You can start from where you are. Kenneth Copeland was in a meeting. He didn't have anything to give. He ripped the button off his shirt. Dropped it in the offering basket. That's some addiction. Don't you think so? And it looks like God has supported his habit. Looks like God has supported it big. Amen. Start where you are. Start, there's something you can give. Start where you are. Start where you are. First, tithe to your local church. 
You know, sometimes we tell ourselves, if I tithe, there won't be enough. The truth is, if tithing won't make it enough, eh, it already wasn't enough. Yeah. And you know, sometimes the reason we think like that is that we forget that when we honor God, see, God said he will honor those who honor him. Someone said, I can't afford to tithe. The truth is, you can't afford not to. Start where you are at. The money already isn't enough anyway. So what about honoring God with what you have and telling God, God, look, I need a miracle here. And sometimes it's going to take some patience. Look, the situation is not necessarily going to change by tomorrow morning. That man I was talking about, he said he now started doing with understanding. After tithing for 13 years, getting nothing. He said in 30 days time, he came to meet the pastor. He said, now nah, I can see a big difference in my finances. I can see a big difference in my finances. Brother Hagin talked about one of the churches he pastored. There were these two men, their businesses, they were told to file for bankruptcy. Their businesses were out, down, done, you know. But the, both of them decided they wanted to start tithing. Sinners. So they came. Will it be okay if I start tithing to the church? Really? He said in his limited maturity then, he felt like, will this work? But the man sent his wife. So he told the wife, he can. I won't stop him. The man started tithing. Within one month, the businesses, both of them, their businesses were out of the red and were in the black, miraculously. That man, in his company, he wouldn't hire someone who doesn't tithe. Actually, Brother Higgins said one of his deacons who was working for him, the man finally, the sinner man got the deacons to start tithing. Yeah. Of course, does it mean that if, you know, he, was, he wasn't living for God, he was a sinner, but he was tithing, did it mean God was going to keep blessing him indefinitely for tithing? Of course, a time will have to come when you'll have to straighten out in the other area. And the man did get saved. He said there was a month that 60% of the income that came to the church came through that man's business. A sinner man. Eventually, he got saved. But he said he discovered that God blessed them. God blessed them, sinners. God blessed them for tithing. You see, you see some of these philanthropists in the world. Some of them are even atheists. Some of them don't believe in God. But you see, there's a law. Give and it shall be given unto you. Luke 6.38, good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. Shall men give into your bosom? And particularly, when you are giving to the cause of Christ, when you are giving for the work of God and you are giving with the right heart, you are giving to the poor, to the needy. Now, talking about the poor, you know, sometimes we do this. We do uh, CSR, Corporate Social Responsibility, right? Churches, we reach out to the community. You know, we say we want to go to, to IEP camps. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with being a blessing. That's fine. But... If you, in the Bible, you notice that their priority wasn't the poor sinners. Yes, they did the best for the poor sinners that they could, but they started with the saints who are in need. Can we let our charity begin at home? You see, sometimes if we are not careful, we, we can just do things for the gallery. We can just do something so that 
network news can carry it. And so that we can get accolade of men. And so that, you know. Now, I'm not judging anybody. I'm not saying anybody that ever did something and it was that they did it for the wrong reason. I'm not their judge. I don't know. But I'm just saying, what about us helping those in the church who are in need? You know, the Bible talks about widows who are widows indeed. That if they have children, the children should take care of them. Yes. You know, if we, if we really line up with God's word and do what the word of God says, we're blessed for it. If we really honor God and his word in the material and financial realm, we'll be the better off for it. Now, am I saying it will happen overnight? Not necessarily. Sometimes it may take some determination. It may take some perseverance. It may take some persistence. It may take some faith. But the truth is this, you will come out victorious. You come out on the other side. Amen. Come out on the other side. So it's a principle. When we give, the Bible says, it shall be given unto us. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into our bosoms. You should give to your local church. You should give to your family. You should take care of your family. You should take care of your aged parents. You should take care of your spouse. You should take care of your kids. Amen. Your own nuclear family actually comes first. Then, you know someone who is generally in need, a believer, and you can be a blessing. Be a blessing. Be a blessing. Is there a place of honoring ministers? There is. I'll get to that. But you see, you know, you can, you can, uh, let me leave that. I'll, I'll talk about that on its own. So, Let's be generous. Let's be consistent. Let's be consistent. Are there worthy ministries you can also partner with? Sure. Sure. I started partnering with Kenneth Higgins Ministries September 1991. You see, I was preaching the books. I was preaching the tapes. I was listening to it. Sometimes I'd go. i go get given a honorarium. I'm talking about way back then. I just felt like if I'm preaching the man's books, I'm preaching uh, the, their tapes, you know, I'm preaching their messages, it sure would be the right thing to send some money to them. That's good sense, isn't it? Yeah. And then I told myself, these books have been printed because some people gave. I'm able to get a hold of these truths because of some people gave. How about me also giving to support this so that some other people can get a hold of the same truths that have changed my life? And then you know what I discovered? I noticed that as I gave, I had more to give. My life kept improving. My life kept improving. My life kept getting better. See, there's also the place of partnership. Paul, let's go to Philippians 4, talked about the church at Philippi. He said they sent once and again unto his necessity. Yeah, I'm part epistles. Because the church ought to live in the epistles. So I want to start from there. Philippians 4 from verse 15. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica, ye sent once and again. Well, somebody said the giving and receiving then was that they gave and he received. Oh yeah, they gave and he received. But because they gave and he received, they were also able to continue giving because they also received. Because he said, my God shall supply all your need. You know, you can make the Bible say what you want it to say, Right? But there are some things that if you are just going to be honest, you'll have to admit that 
These guys weren't cursed for giving. They weren't the worse off before they, because they gave. For even in Thessalonica, ye sent once and again unto my necessity. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound. I am full. Having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. He now says in verse 19, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. They were blessed for giving. Amen. That's the only church that we have record of that Paul said that about. They were generous. In Philippians 1, he talked about how they were partakers of grace. They partnered with him. You see, it's God's method. It's God's plan. It's God's program. If we line up with it, we'll be the better off for it. Your tithe to your local church, be consistent about it. Giving offerings to your local church, be consistent about it. Giving. Amen. Those who are genuinely in need, you know they're in need. I'm not talking about a con man. I'm not talking about somebody just say something and they, they're just coping you and they're going to use the money. I remember I was an undergraduate in school. There was one time, one fellow came to ask me, you know, money for something. My reflex, my reflex is first to give. My reflex is not first to pray, should I? My, I first want to give. Okay. To give to him. I just had a check on the inside. So I stopped. I wondered why. Only for me to find out it was actually you know, use the money to go and buy stuff to smoke and drink. Now, if, you, if I'd given to that, I would have been helping to support that habit. Do you see that? But you know, we can get to the place where we want to be led to give. There are some things you don't need to be led about. If you're in a position, I'm talking about a genuine need, don't go and pray about it. And you're in position to be a, a, a blessing. Be a blessing. You're a Christian. It's the Christian thing to do. You don't need to hear a voice. Now, over and beyond some of that, there now, there's now the place where God will speak to you. You see, Brother Higgins said in 1940, December 1940, just before Christmas, said there was this uh, man in town. The same city was an, uh, an itinerant minister, actually an evangelist. He saw the man. The man came around to his church. So he tried to get the man to preach Sunday evening. The tradition then was $5 they gave. You did Sunday evening $5. So I was going to give $5. Oh, but the man said, look, because his family was in that church. His family was in that town. He, he kind of felt somehow preaching in front of his king folks. So he said he rather wouldn't. He was an itinerant minister. So the man just sat in the When the service ended, he said the Lord spoke to him. Give that man $10. <laughs> said, Lord, his monthly salary was $43.15. $10 is like my week's salary, a whole week's salary that I'm to give him. You know? It could be like $50,000 today, or depending on what your salary is. You know, give that man $10. He said he was almost arguing. He said at his heart, Oh, God. I can't afford to give him that. Said the Lord, said, give him $10. Well, he did. Went to shake the man's hand. A lot of it was in chain. Dropped it in his hand. You know. Later, the devil began to play tricks in his head. 
and told him, you just played Wadey. $10 that you could have used to buy your wife Christmas gift. Buy your children Christmas gift. You just lost out on $10. But he said he knew in his heart that God told him to. And he obeyed God. He now had the man's mother-in-law saying that, oh, uh, uh, such and such, he was really broke. He didn't have any cash on him. Nothing for Christmas dinner for the family. Nothing. He said, but somebody gave him $10. You see? When that was said, you know, he could have spoken and said, that was me. And he'll have gotten his reward. But he just hushed. He didn't say anything about it. Another time, there was this other minister who was going to Winsboro. The man was going on a train, uh, on a bus. He stopped just about, he stopped just about, um, just about where the church was. So when he saw the man come in, you know, he asked the man, he said, what about preaching for us this evening, this Sunday evening? The man said, all right. So $5 was the thing, right? Sunday evening, $5. So that was what he was thinking of giving the man. Towards, uh, the man started preaching, said the Lord spoke to him said, I want you to give that man $12.50. And I want you to give it out of your own money. Yeah. He said, one word that the man preached, he didn't hear. <laughs> he said, because he had an argument between his heart and his head throughout that sermon. There was an argument between his heart and his head. Throughout. Well, that was like, that was more than a week's salary. He gave the man the $12.50 from his pocket. You know. And then the Lord told him, he said, this is what happened to him. All the money he had was what he used to stop where he stopped. He didn't have money to get to Winsboro, where he's going, where his family is. So that's why he stopped here. He's actually going to that Winsboro to try out to be a pastor on, of a church. And what's going to happen is they're going to elect him. And he's going to be the next pastor in that church. And that's why I wanted to give him the money so he can get there. So he called the man. He asked, say, where were you going? Then the man said, I'm going to such and such a place. Actually, there's one church that wants me to, me to try out whether uh, they want me to preach. They're thinking of having me be the next pastor. He said, all the money I had was just what got me where I stopped. He said, just stop. You don't need to say further. You're the next pastor of that church. And that's what happened. The man was the next pastor. Brother Higgins said he forgot about it. Two years after. Two years. He said one time, there was um, this church member of theirs who was staying away, somewhere a bit off, who her mother, you know, the, the short and long of it was that there was somebody who was bedfast. The lady had a disease in the last stages. She had been taken in an ambulance by her husband to three clinics. All the three clinics said the same thing. It's terminal. It's incurable, you know. Among other things, she had that incurable blood disease. She also had other things. They said in a few days she'll be dead. He got by the lady's brother. Hagen went with his wife. They were, went to minister to the lady. She couldn't, she could hardly whisper. So he laid his hands on her and began to pray. When all of a sudden, he said, the, he heard the voice of God. The same voice that told him to give $10. The same voice that told him to give $12.50. That same voice. He said he heard that same voice. He said, don't lay a hand on her. Don't pray for her. Tell her to get up and walk. She's healed. Well, he told her to get up. She got up. She was instantly healed. Yeah, that was God using him to raise someone from a deathbed, right? So while he was driving home that day, he said he just heard, you know, if you had not obeyed me on that $10 and on that $12.50, I couldn't have you here. 
He said, what $10? What $12.50 are you talking about? You know, the Lord never forgets. He's not forgetting to forget your labor of love. You know, in that you have ministered and do minister to the saints. You might have forgotten, he didn't. He said, do you remember so-and-so that I told you to give this to? He said, yes, I remember. Do you remember another so-and-so? He said, yes, I remember. He said, yeah, you obeyed me. Notice the Bible says, he that gives seed to the sower, he gives bread for food, he multiplies the seed sown and increases the fruits of your righteousness. Fruits of righteousness are things we do because we're in right standing with God. See, one thing I notice here, people who are stingy, hmm? people who are stingy, it's also difficult for them to understand God's word well. I know that by experience. Usually they don't get so blessed. There's something about being generous that even opens your heart to receive from God. Yeah. Brother Higgins talked about one church. You know, the pastor wanted him to come. He said, no, I'd rather not go there. The pastor said, why? He said, because the people are stingy. And because they're stingy, they won't be blessed. Yeah. It's a fact. There's something about being generous that makes it, and you see, it's not about, it's not about, I'm not talking about an extreme. You remember where we started from? I spoke against some of those extremes. Not sentimental giving, not emotional giving. But there's just something about a generous heart. About just a giving heart. Amen. Not responding to, to, to pressures and all that. But just a generous heart. Just a generous heart. You see, sometimes, first and foremost, you know we have God's word. And God's word talks to us about giving. Talks to us about tithing. Talks to us about giving, taking care of our family. Talks to us about uh, giving to brothers that are genuinely in need. Talks about us helping the poor. There are some things God's word has already told us to do. And we are to obey God's word. Now, over and beyond that, there are also going to be some times when the spirit of God will lead us. There are going to be some times when the spirit of God will lead us. Amen. And sometimes, some things that may be a little extra. But you know the Spirit of God told you to do it. Just go ahead and do it. Now, you see, when it comes to getting our needs met, or like when it comes to healing, we know there are basically two ways to receive healing. First, by faith in God's Word. Secondly, by manifestations of the Holy Ghost. See, when it comes to prosperity also, the way we get our needs met is primarily by faith in God's Word, but there's also the place of manifestations of the Holy Ghost. Like, look at that uh, uh, woman that Elijah went to, that widow woman, that the cruise of oil just didn't stop flowing. Look at uh, the other woman, widow woman, that they were going to take her children away. And she went to meet Elisha, 2 Kings 4. He said, what do you have? He said, I just have some little oil. Then he told her, borrow vessels, not a few. After she borrowed the vessels, told her, pour the oil in it. She started pouring the oil, and the oil just multiplied. After it all multiplied, said, go and sell what you have. You see, there's also the place of manifestations of the Holy Ghost. Are you listening? I once heard of one time when doors rained from T.L. Osborne's roof. See, God can do stuff like that. He's God. I know of another preacher. He said when the Amplified Bible came out, he took all his month's salary, had it in a coat pocket. He took some money out of it. He went to photocopy it. There wasn't enough money for him to survive the rest of the month. He said, but somehow, the money just kept increasing. The money kept increasing. He said the money didn't stop flowing until the next salary was paid. He felt like, why did they pay this salary? <laughs> yeah. 
can things like that happen? They can. They can. Reverend Jim Andrews, director of Rima, Rima Peru, talked about one time. They ran out of food. All the food they, you know, they cooked it in a pot in the fridge. They took out the pot. They took some out of it. When they finished, they put it back. They came the next time. The pot was filled up again. Took out of it. Filled up again. And the food kept flowing until someone sent money in. See, can God still do stuff like that today? Certainly. 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 He's God. So there's a place of manifestations of the Holy Ghost. Now, that may not be the norm. I won't rule out that things like that can happen. They can happen. God can move like that. It may not be the norm. It may not be the usual. But there are, there are things like that. But you see, there's something about responding to God. Following the prompting of His Spirit. That sometimes will open the door for some of these manifestations. Brother Hagin talked about another time. He said he had a car, new car. He said he just had a leading in his heart to give it out. Well, he didn't do it without his wife. His wife said she had the same but to do it. So he did. They had one ministry airplane. They felt led to give it out. You know, they gave it. He said when they were giving those things, he didn't have anything in mind. He just wanted to be a blessing to someone else. He said shortly after that, someone wrote an of 500,000 US dollars into the ministry could have been a link between both perhaps so you see there's something about learning to obey God learning to follow his leading and sometimes he will lead us in the area of giving praise God you don't need to have a leading to give God's word already tells us to give right so we should give because the word of God says to we should tie faithfully to our local churches. We should give offerings. We should be responsible. Amen. Take care of our families, our parents. Amen. There's someone who is in genuine need and you can be a blessing. You don't need a leading to be a blessing. To the degree that you can be a blessing, be a blessing. But just be sure you are not being conned. There are a lot of religious con men too. Amen. Can be a blessing. Be a blessing. Praise God. Then over and above that, there are going to be times when the Spirit of God will speak to you. What do you do when he speaks to you? Follow his leading. Amen. Just follow that in word witness. One thing I tell people is this. If it's God today, it will be God tomorrow. And sometimes when it comes to certain things, it's major. Give it a little time. If it's God, it won't leave. It will stay. And you will know that you know that you know. And how does God lead us? By the inward witness. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You can't outgive God. You can't outgive God. You can't go down giving. As long as you're giving in line with God's word, you're giving with the right heart, you're giving with the right motive, you'll be blessed for it. Praise God. Sometimes, as believers, we can just get stingy. We can just become so stingy. What about during the next break? And just buying somebody a bottle of Coke. What about that? What about just giving somebody a smile? Yeah. What about just being a blessing to one another? Will that hurt? Praise God. For more information and inquiries, please visit our website www.remanigeria.com or you can reach us on 08100163948.
or 080-765-7613.